friends, and welcome to the Midbacker Pod, part of the Free Trail Network of Podcasts. I am your host, Troy Meadows, and I am stoked to bring you informative and relatable content from people just like you, everyday runners pushing their boundaries and doing extraordinary things on and off the trails. Today on the pod, I am talking with Jan Fournier. Jan is a father, trail runner, and ultra runner who does biz dev for Saco, a company that produces the LED technology used at the Sphere in Las Vegas. Really cool. Jan and I met through the free trail community and over the last two years have become good friends over the digital landscape. This year at Grindstone, we got a chance to meet in person and share quite a few miles on the course as we both suffered through some low points together. In the pod, we talk about how he dealt with a back injury early in life that put him on the sidelines until his 40s when he was able to find running and eventually the trails and fell in love with running ultras. We discuss how his now grown sons got into running ultras as well and how they train together and have run some of the same races together. Very cool. Something that I hope to do with my little guy one day. Fingers crossed. We talk about how he balances his running and training with his demanding profession. We also finish off the conversation talking about the epic six-day expedition he completed with Capic One in the uh, Atacama Desert. And we also talk about Capic One Coffee, which gives a percentage of each sale to provide underprivileged kids the opportunity to participate in these same expeditions, giving them a life-changing experience. This was an amazing conversation, and it was great to get to know my buddy Jan a little better. Okay, I'm going to make this quick. You know the drill. If you love the content I'm putting out week after week, there are a few things you can do to support my efforts. First, tell your running friends about the pod. Share a link to an episode with your long-run text group. Word of mouth is the most effective way to help me grow the reach of the podcast, and I would be stoked uh, if if you would help me do that. Second, sign up for the Midpacker Pod Patreon and support the pod directly. Right now, it's just a buck a month. That could change in the future as I'm uh, contemplating adding tiers. You can find a link in the show notes if you want to sign up for our Patreon account. Also, give the pod a rating and review wherever you get your pods. Remember, you can give a review for each episode you listen to. So keep those five stars coming. Also, if you have any comments, critiques, or guest suggestions, feel free to submit a response to the Midpacker Pod suggestion form. You can find a link to the form at the top of the show notes. All right. Thank you all for your support. It really means the world to me. Now, let's get to my conversation with Jan Fornier. All right, friends. Welcome back to the Midpacker Pod. I am here with... My my brother at arms, my brother at war. We'll talk about some of that, some of those trials and tribulations. But I'm here with a good friend of mine, Jan uh, Fournier. Jan, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Troy. Yeah, man. Well, I'm excited. You know, we've got quite a few things to talk about. Um, you know, we shared twenty something miles or something, something, something like that. Twenty twenty some odd miles at Grindstone together, um, suffering in in the rain. Um, and we'll, we'll, I want to dive into, to your grindstone experience cause it was, uh, slightly different than mine, but very much similar. And the, the audience will, will, if they've listened to my recap, they understand just, uh, the, the trials and tribulation that this year's event was. Um, but before we get into all that, um, 
you know, we'll start off with, with the, with the opening question, which is, you know, who is Jan Fournier? All right. That's uh starts with the good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a husband, father of uh, three boys, now uh, pretty big boys, 25, 24, actually 24, 25, 22, and 21. So Tristan, Noah, and Liam. And uh, before being a trail runner, um, I was also uh, somebody that uh, did a lot of sports when I was younger. And then I had a very long period of about 15 years where I couldn't do any sports. Well, I, I'll explain that to you. And uh, yeah, I work in uh, business development for a company called Seiko out of Montreal, and we do some pretty iconic project uh, around the world. Yeah, well, we're going to talk, we were talking about a little bit about that offline, and we'll dive into it a little bit, just enough for the audience to understand how in-depth the work is, and then how it how trail running kind of relates to that aspect uh, of your life and, and, and why trail running is so important in that, in that work-life balance. Um, but yeah, let's, you know, you, you mentioned not being able to do sports for a while. Is that a good place to start as we get yes. into the, where, you know, what got you into trail running? Cause I think that's also, uh, you know, something I want I want to tease out uh, in our conversation. Absolutely. I've been, uh, I would say I've been on the sideline for, I said 15, but close to 20 years. Basically, I had a back problem, lower back problem, two, uh, two herniated discs. And um, mm. basically, I was in crisis every two, three months for four or five days where I needed to lay down in bed and could not move. Um, and that's at the time when we, you know, our children were uh, much younger. So uh, it was... Uh, interesting as a period and really really got me I tried stuff I, I was able to walk and but I was not able to be very active so able to do a bit of skiing and things like that but so I've been pretty uh, like I said on the sideline and then uh, and I tried everything, literally everything to try to fix this. My uh, One of my best friends is a chiropractor and we've done, we've tried tons of stuff. He sent me left and right. Uh, and at some point he said, you know, when you're going to get a bit older, you'll see that the disc um, will get uh, more solid and you're, you'll, you'll be having less um, crisis. And it did happen about four years ago where I was on the business trip and I started to, I was always, I'm always staying in, in hotels, you know, in Dubai and others and at the beautiful gyms and stuff. And I, I said, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to try. And I basically started to, uh, to train on the treadmill and then outside and it started, you know, from 500 meter to a kilometers. And I was able to, to, uh, sustain the, um, the pounding of running, um, and actually since then did not have any crisis. So uh, you can tell that uh, basically all that energy that I was not able to spend for 15 years uh, was ready to go out. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, it's insane, honestly. Uh, and, you know, I guess I'm uh, one of the benefits of growing old, you know, I, I mean, I, I'll just, you know, as, as like they say, it's not if it's when you're going to issue, you know, like 80% of people on the planet end up with so, like having some sort of issue in their back, you know, whether it's a yeah. chronic issue or just a one-time situation. I have, I've had like ongoing things where I've, I've definitely strained muscles in my back and it becomes a reoccurring issue. And if I'm not doing, um, if I'm not actively doing like the strength and, and, and the, and the PT 
uh, it can be very debilitating and not, not to, not to the extent of 15 years of not being able to do activity, but like two or three days, four days, five days of just like excruciating pain. So I definitely can empathize slightly with, with that. Um, and yeah, that's interesting that just, it was kind of like one day you were able to, I mean, obviously over time, but one day you realize like, Oh, you know what? I think I can start getting back into being active. And so once you, once you got started, once you realize that, that, that you had this capacity, um, you know, how did the trails find you how, or how did you find the trails? Well, I definitely, uh, found, um, the road before, um, sure. and I was doing uh, mountain biking as well, uh, when I was younger. So I had my mountain bike and I started to do that again. And, um, as I was getting, uh, mileage on the road, uh, and really enjoying it at the time and getting longer and all of that, the classic, uh, classic thing, um, went out with a friend on a mountain bike ride. I, I live in Bromont. It's a beautiful place for trail running and, um, and mountain bike and everything, the amazing trails. Um, it's a ski, ski hill as well. And, um, I fell, I basically uh, fell on my head hit my head and then the bike hit my head again uh, mm. on the trail and that was it. I was okay. No concussion or anything, but that really kind of stopped me of like, okay, that's getting too dangerous. I don't, I don't need this types of dangers in my dangers in my life. And, and I, maybe a couple of weeks after I noticed that, um, I mean, I've seen people running in trail, but I'm like, oh, yeah, it's true. I could, I could put my running shoe and just go in the trail and because I really, really enjoy, uh, being in, in the trail, in the wood, in the forest, uh, that's, that's where I'm able to find balance. And, uh, the minute I touched the trail, I mean, that was it. Uh, I, I still train on the road f to get mileage for our, uh, for our races, but, uh, most, most of my training is done in the trails. Yeah. That's interesting too. Cause I will concur with you. I was looking at, I did my, my yearly, my year in Strava. And I looked at the, the ratio and it's like 60 ish percent of my mile, 65% I think was done on the roads. And I think it's important to recognize that, right? Like we love yeah. to identify as trail runners. We obviously identify as ultra runners. Um, but sometimes you got to get the miles have to come where the miles come. And for me, um, I've always ran, you know, four days a week, uh, four, at least four days a week, five days a week or, or on the four days a week or on the, on the roads. And then the weekends is kind of when you can get out and kind of get back on, onto the trails for the most part. Um, and then the mountain, man, I resonate with the mountain biking. So like, I have a buddy, like my parents, uh, my family were like longtime cyclists. Right. And one of my uncles was like, uh, and his wife were like competitive mountain biker and bikers. And like, I remember mountain biking when I lived in Germany and in my teens and like, you know, just enjoying enjoying nature, enjoying endurance in that way. And I have a, I had a friend when I lived in California, a really good buddy of mine. He's like, Hey, when are we gonna go riding together? And I told him, I was like, we'll go mountain biking when I can't run six days a week. And he's like, you run six days a week. I was like, yeah, man, I run six days a week. And so he's just kind of like, it's one of those things for me, like, just like you had the realization cause you had to have the injury. And I have had other friends, like one of my buddies who I've been on the pod, Travis Weller, he had a knee injury where like he scraped he basically scraped his knee down to the patella, you know, and it took, it took him out of running for like a year or two years. He couldn't really do what he wanted to do because of an injury on the bike. And it was like a pretty simple thing. You rounded a corner, there was somebody he had to lay the bike down and there it was, you know, and, and that's kind of where I've been with, with mountain biking. I love it. I, I adapt at it. I have a, a it's, I'm not amazing at it, but I have a skill set to do it and I won't do it right now because I'm just like, 
the odds of injury on the bike and having it take away running i'd ra- if i'm going to lose running it needs to be done while running not while doing something else you know so i, 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 I completely yeah I, I i definitely resonate with you and the bike is is so much fun it's amazing um but yeah you know like i think you'd agree we we love trail we love running a little more than we love the bike right yeah well it's the same thing i mean uh as cross training uh i do gravel bike but i used to do uh road road bike in the past and yeah again it's another thing that i don't like to do i mean it's, it's dangerous on the road so i prefer yeah. to be in the remote gravel uh gravel road and just go for hours and see two cars you know so yeah. again i tried to i guess i i want to be by myself a bit as well but i i try to avoid these types of um uh potential accident i guess yeah i my wife is like you can't get a road bike straight up she's just like you you you're just not allowed i'm like all right i get it and i feel you there i feel like gravel biking is kind of that best of it's like the right it's like the goldilocks for biking right it's like you're not going on anything too intense because you're just limited on what you can do on a gravel bike so you're not like bombing down these ridiculous trails where if you if you go off the trail or if you lose the bike like you could really, really hurt yourself. And then, you know, you're not seeing the cars, you know, you're out there on a dirt road, you're out there on a gravel, on a gravel path, or like, you know, you can still get some of that elevation change. You can still like work it and and get really good cross training, but definitely don't have to worry about, you know, having 200 cars pass you on your, your, your 20 mile or, or two hour, yeah. three hour bike ride, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. And then, uh, as far as, um, as far as trail running, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with, like you, I mean, I do train, I train every day. And for me, the consistency is key. And since yeah. I was able to start training again, that, that became, that became who I was and who I am. Uh, and my motto is like growing younger. So basically I'm, I'm getting older, but I'm actually getting younger and I look younger and I feel younger than I was uh, 10, 15, 15 years ago. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I imagine because like I've always been able to stay active, but my level, like I'm fitter. I'm, I'm as fit now. I probably could PR my 5k and I ran like, I ran like in high school. I didn't run my junior and senior year, but like I ran in high school. I was never fast, but like I'm in that kind of shape at 43. I'm like, man, I'm in better shape at 43 than I was at 16 you know at least i feel that way and i think that's that's also amazing and for you if you spent you know 15 years dealing with two herniated discs like having that level of immobility and then to to it's almost like a rebirth for you right yes, like you're re, you're redefining who you are year after year as you get older but like you said you feel like you're getting younger and that's that's a that's an awesome feeling to have man are you looking to represent your love of the trails off the trails then check out run trail life the casual apparel company that lets you show your love of trail and ultra running while giving back to protect the trails we love so much. RTLTs are 100% organic cotton or made from recycled water bottles, and $1 from every item purchased is donated to Runners for Public Lands, a not-for-profit dedicated to creating and maintaining trails on our public lands. I am super passionate about this company because I am the founder and solo entrepreneur behind it. That's right. From the website to the apparel designs, I created it all. So if you love the content on the pod, consider supporting me directly with a purchase. And if you use code MidpackerPod, I will double the donation from your purchase to Runners for Public Lands. I personally love the Ultra Runners Do It Longer tee 
and the RTL Logo Trucker, which has a sweet built-in headband making it perfect for your next long run. Visit runtraillife.com to check out our entire line of hats and tees. Thanks for your support. Let's dive into the family stuff, man. You got three boys. They're all older. Um, I feel like we're in a similar age demographic, though you may be slightly older than me. I'm not actually sure. I can't remember how old you are, but you know, I've got a young boy. I'm going to be 52 in the, in about grandmaster in the grandmaster division, right on brother. That's what's up. So a little bit older than I am, you know, you're, you're my senior by, by nine years. Um, and I've got some buddies who are in, in your age demographic that just like crushing it in the ultra scene right now. And I'm always kind of like, how are these guys 10 years older than me and, and running better than I am? Right. So, um, yeah, man, that's awesome. There's potential, but you know, you have 20 year old sons. I have 20 month year old son. So, uh, obviously I think, you know, I'm, I, I want to figure out how, you know, what that, what the balance in the training, like, I think now, you know, since you just got back into running and I'd say the probably the last like five or six years, like your kids were already grown when you were trying to figure out how to balance all those things. But the one thing I think is amazing. And I'm, I hope that I can maintain the level of fitness that I can have some of these shared experiences, but like you're running, like you run ultras with, with some of your, with some of your boys, right? Yes, that's that's correct. So yes, I, I mean, I'm, I've been through what you're going to be living in the next twenty years, and I, I, I guess one side of the injury or being on the sideline was I was always I was available for them, and yeah, you know, playing football, hockey. So we did all the tour of arenas and 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 field all over the, the province and stuff. And uh, but yeah, going back to the running, uh, they're all they're all running. Uh, my oldest Tristan, uh, who uh, was a um, hockey player, switched to. Uh, I've always been training as well, and started to wanted to, to run with me and train with me. And uh, we've done uh, multiple ultra, fifty k, eighty k. We try my first hundred miler together, which he completed and I stopped. Um, so we train together, we race together. He's got a group of friends that that tags along as well. So I'm, it's like my little group and super fun to spend time with them, uh, training and, and racing. Yes. You, you, you show the young, you show the young guns what, what's up, Jan. I mean, like, yes, they, they, are they, are they, are they, are they part of keeping you young every year? Basically. It's like, when yes. you get to train with 20 something year olds, man, uh, <laughs> do they, they put it to you brother or do you put it to them? Well, it's a it's a big so it depends on the on the day, but there's a few day when I'm uh, doing elevation training. Uh, they're they're in the back. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's. I will say <laughs> that's yeah, the no, one. Yeah, yeah go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say the climbing, like it's a earned and a learned skill, right? And so if you've got several years of doing it, it's usually a lot easier to do. Um, but. I feel for you, brother, because in a couple of years they're going to have that same that same skill set. So they're going to it's it's nice when you can have someone to really push you. And I, I I do a lot of lone wolf training these days. I don't have a lot of running partners like I used to. When I lived in California, and I will say that was like the best part of having other people to run with is just like some days it's you and you're the one pulling, and some yeah. days you're being pulled, and and it's nice to have someone to kind of like. Uh, uh, lay it down on you every once in a while and keep you honest. So yeah, so uh, so yeah, so I did that with the the older and the the two the two younger. Uh, they were also uh, participating in their first. They did a twenty six k last year with us and they really enjoyed it. And 
they're not yet in that rhythm of of training uh, for longer, but uh, they enjoy it, and it's uh, it's amazing to be able to spend time. My wife also did uh, her first twenty six k with uh, with them, so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's a family thing. Obviously, it's my passion, and it's uh, like I was telling you, I really found balance uh, by adding trail running into my life. And uh, going back to your point, yes, they. I like train. I, I train with them. I race with them. But at the same time, for me, it's a it's a moment for me, myself, to be in the wood. And I, ninety five percent, I'm of my time. I'm alone, uh, doing my training, and you know, being thirty minutes or five hours. Uh, and I really, really enjoy that because I have a very busy life. Uh, always talking with people, meeting people, traveling the world, and uh, it's it's important for me to to find time for me yeah you know it's the recharge and that's yes i i say i show up as my best self when i can get my run in you know like i, I have w- one day that i that i do nothing i literally like i i'm intentional about doing absolutely nothing on that day but other than that like yeah man no all work and no run makes troy a dull boy that's for sure you know and i I've, i imagine you can you can relate to that uh and yes. I think that's where what a lot of us find when, when we do find running and it, whether it's trail running or, or road running or whatever, it's just like, you know, it's if it's 60 minutes a day or 30 minutes, 30 minutes a day, 60 minutes a day, like it's 60 minutes where it's just you. It's you and your thoughts or whatever it is you you want to be. You know, I, I'm a big fan of podcasts and I listen to things that I that, that I can learn from. So it's a 60 minutes where I, I get to go to school for a little bit and then I get yeah. to also just kind of experience um yeah, the wind, the 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 sound of your feet, the sound of your breath, like all those things. It's it's kind of a it's a conscious thing for me that allows me to show up as my best self every single day. So yeah, man. I do the same. And the key difference I would say that I found when I and I guess that got me hooked to trail running was the fact that you need to be f- so focused on where you're stepping on every time you're you're you know putting a foot down that it's you. Yes, you can listen to podcasts, you can but your focus is somewhere and it it calms my little voice that's always spin and look and thinking about this and that that I need to do. And that's focused on, okay, I don't want to trip. And, and the rest I can get in, uh, like you said, learn from podcasts and audiobook and everything. So it's uh, it's very nice. I And I don't get that feeling when I run on the, on the road because I have more time and it's just like... I guess the body's doing its thing and then yeah. I can, I, I start to think a bit more. So it depends on what I want to do, but, and then I'll hit the road or I'll hit the trail. But again, 95% of the time I'll be in the trail. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's for me, like my best thinking is done when I'm running. So like the road, the, like during the week, it's a lot of road running. And so I'll plug in sometimes to content and sometimes I won't. And then it, that's when I can really start to work through like work problems or work through like different, different problems that are like very topical and right in front of me. And then, um, you know, on the weekends when you get on the trail, like it's longer experience, but because you're a little more present, I feel like the epiphanies come. So like you've sat there and you've thought all week about these things and you've tried to problem solve them. And then when you're in the present thinking about your foot placement, thinking about, whatever, you know, just thinking about like this right now in the moment part of the trail running, that's when all of a sudden, like your subconscious brain takes all of this stuff that you've been working on for the week and literally 
in an instant, you have a flash of like this intuition or whatever it is. And you're like, Oh, there's the aha moment. And there's been multiple times where I've had to like stop, pull out the phone and the notepad, Same. jot down a couple of things. Cause these things are fleeting yawn. I'm not sure you know what I'm talking about. And you're just like, okay, hold on. Let me get, let me just a couple words here, a couple sentences, pull out the talk to text, put it down. And then you're like, cool, like put it away and get back into that present moment. Um, yeah. Anyway, is that, is that something is that, I mean, cause we're going to, I, I want to dive into a little bit of, of the work of the work stuff that you're doing. Cause it'll kind of help inform the audience why the trail running is so important. But do you find that, that the trails can offer that, that moment of clarity with, with some of the, um, with some of the roadblocks that you have in, in your work life? Absolutely. Uh, it, it does. It calms, like I said earlier, it calms me, calms my mind, but they do these flashes, they do come and I, I do take the time to, to write them down. And I do that in the trail. And I also do that when I can't sleep at 4am in the morning, I'll get up <laughs> and I'll write it down and then I'll go back to sleep because if not, I'm not going to be able to go back to sleep. Yeah. And you mentioned, you, you said what I was going to ask the next question is like, you find that you have to write it down because that way you can yes. let it go and go get that Absolutely. extra, you know, get the next two or three hours of sleep that you need as opposed to just ruminating and sitting there yeah. in bed. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. So like the takeaway here for the audience is like, write it down. Just like take the time. Like e even if like, man, even if you're in the middle of a workout, like it ain't going to change. Like taking two minutes to write something down isn't going to change anything. And, and definitely the whole like not being able to sleep thing. I've been there from an entrepreneurial standpoint when the brain is always turning, there's always fires that have to get put out. You're going to bed and there's fires that haven't been put out, you know, and you know that you have to wake up and handle this problem. Um, and yeah, I found that like when I can't sleep, I just like dump it. If you can dump it onto a piece of paper, even if it's just like, even if you just spend five minutes writing or typing, it, it, it helps immensely. So yeah. absolutely. I see it with the, I have a whoop and you see the transition, you know, when you actually go back and it's clear and you, you go to, you go to sleep after and it's, it's flat line. It's like, Oh, perfect. All right. Yeah. Oh, that's what's up. So not only is it anecdotal, but you do have some data to back to, to, yes, to back the validity of the process, right? Yeah, that's what's up. Um, yeah. All right, cool. So I want to dive into to some of the running stuff, but like I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, um, you know, what it is that keeps you up at night uh, with yeah. with with the work life balance. So um, if you would just briefly explain what the company in Montreal that that you work for does and then some of the projects that, that you've been managing um, and then. Uh, and then we can dovetail that into into some of the things you did this year and then ultimately what you want to do in, in the future. So Perfect. No, that's great. Um, yeah, so the company is called Seiko, and as I've mentioned, and basically we are the inventor of the LED screen technology. So the billboards that you see on the, on the side of the road or the screens in Times Square uh, started in Montreal. And it's a beautiful story uh, that actually did a full 360 this year, and I'll go very quick. But the first client for uh, Seiko was actually the rock band U2. Uh, huh. And um, we've uh, done the first LED screen for them for the Pop Mart Tour in 1997. And um, that first show was in Vegas. Uh, so fast forward many, many years, we've done tons of uh, cool project, uh, new types of LED screen and stadium in an FL stadium, NHL's arena. And uh, we, we moved into the architectural world, so working more closer with architects, lighting designers, and finding a way to integrate a screen or a deconstruct screen, so a linear video stick onto facades of building. 
that lead up to do the uh, tallest screen in the world in Dubai on the Burj Khalifa. Burj Khalifa. So we've installed 28 kilometers, uh, about 20 something miles of product um, on the face of the building. And from that, um, I just finished that project and I'm in business dev, uh, but I also kind of am very close on the, the project management side. So I work really closely with the clients and our team to, to make their dream or our dreams come true. And I just finished that project, was flying over for a week of vacation with my wife in Mexico and then got a call from a lighting designer in New York and says, oh, you have to, you have to come to New York. I have a project for you. You have to come now. Like, uh, I'll be there, but next week because I'm going for, for a vacation. So I ended up working, unfortunately, pretty much every day uh, from the resort. Uh, but it was, a, it was a good, uh, it was okay. And then I flew to New York after. And the project that uh, we've been called upon to start working was the, uh, the new sphere that you've seen in Vegas. So the MSG sphere is for our uh, client is the Madison Square Garden, the, the door the team behind the sphere and um, we were uh, participating on the exterior uh, skin of the building and ended up designing it with the architect and actually manufacturing the product and uh, QCing and we don't install the product so we were working with the local installer to do that and uh, it's been a five-year journey but not only that uh, as they were uh, looking into this because the sphere is, uh, is the venue of the future. Um, there was so they were supposed to use a video projector for the interior, uh, and the owner, uh, Mr. Dolan, did not like the effect of video projector. So he said, I want to do video screen. Turned around to the people that he knew, he says, who, who does the best video screen in the world? The guy says, Oh, you have to talk to the guys at over at Seiko. And uh, we were already on the exterior, but you know he was not thinking of LED for the interior. So when he started that, they do their, they did their due diligence. They went to see Sony, LG, sure. they went to see everybody. Yeah. Came back to us, and uh, literally we were the only company that uh, were crazy enough to do uh, this thing because it was a, it's, it's incredible design. Uh, the Seiko team can be very, very proud of, of our realization. And um, yeah, we changed the, changed the game or the world again, as far as uh, putting the largest LED surface. Uh, it's uh, the size of three football field on the inside, um, 165,000 square feet to be precise. And then on the exterior is 1.2 million LED puck. Uh, so we don't do the content on that particular project. So we've created the canvas for artists to express themselves. And my my 360 there was that actually U2 is the opening act of the sphere. Uh, they were the first band to play in the sphere. So it's kind of pretty cool to to get these two companies together, right? Seiko and U2 again, you know, from where it started to uh, to where we're at. So it's pretty cool, yeah. That is really cool. And so were you guys part of the sphere in Vegas as well. And you're also doing the one that's going to happen in, in, at Madison Square Garden or... Um... No, so Madison Square Garden is the company behind the sphere. So uh, they are... It started there, the idea, uh, yeah. Jim Dolan. Uh, and um, he founded the, with this company the uh, the first sphere. And that their idea is they're going to do sphere in different parts of the world. And uh, hopefully there's going to be a second one soon. Uh, we'll see, but, uh, you know, just already that one in Vegas is, uh, yeah, is a game changer. Yeah, no, for sure. It was kind of like we were talking offline, but I had a conversation with one of my, my coworkers and he's like, 
we're at, we're in a meeting. He's like, dude, you guys are gonna have to, you, can you start the meeting? Cause I'm like in line to try to order tickets to a show at the sphere. And I'm like, what's the sphere. And he's explaining to me, I was like, Oh gosh, like I, and he's like, man, you got to go. Like you'd love this. And him and I used to go see a lot of shows together. And I'm like, man, like my idea of doing, you know, debaucherous stuff all night at a, at a venue is, is, is reserved now for like hundred mile runs. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I basically told him, I was like, I could care less about seeing a show in the sphere. And so it's this very, and this was literally like last week. So there's like very <laughs> topical that you and I are having this conversation. I think it's amazing. And I can't wait to tell him like, Oh dude, I just, I just had uh, the guy that, the guy that does biz dev for the company that put all of the led in the sphere that you're trying to go see. And so he's going to think that's, that's nuts, but um, sure. no, that's cool. And like, obviously man, if, <sighs> let's just say it's a very demanding job. Right. And so your time spent in nature, your time spent in the trails and like you're, you're creating experiences for people, but it's in a very urban setting. Right. Or it's a very like, um, technologically advanced setting. Right. So I imagine there's this juxtaposition for you. Whereas like when, when you get to put your feet on the ground, like literally the earth, uh, that's not concrete. Um, it's got to feel really good for you. Absolutely. And uh, like I literally in races, uh, more than one, I'm actually hugging trees uh, after <laughs> nice. you know, 10, 12, 20 hours in the woods. <laughs> so yes, it is very important for me to spend time in the in the woods. Yes, for sure. Yeah, man. Well, that's what's up. I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, it's kind of funny. My son started hugging trees recently. And it's like we just it's it's anyway, like it's, it reminds you, like yep. when you see something like that, you're just like, if everyone could just do this and not do it, like, and feel good about doing it, man, the world would be a much better place. You know, you just take a minute. Space of, um, we're going to get the grindstone, but, uh, when I passed, um, the leader, they were coming down from that lollipop loop that we did or something. Yep. And so we were going, I was going this way, they were coming back and I was singing out loud some cheesy song and like literally like super happy in the wood rain under the rain it was crazy but i was super happy in that particular moment and they're like passing by me like hey let's go and started to sing with me as they were going away it's so funny oh that's <laughs> awesome um but yeah. yeah so let's get in, let's get into some of the running stuff man i mean i know you said you finished your son finished his first hundred miler um i know that was supposed to be your first hundred miler um let's use that as a way to kind of open up into grindstone. So you were going to run your first hundred miler. Um, please, uh, refresh me on the race and, and give us a little bit of the, the blow by blow there. Yeah. Well, just a quick, a quick recap. Um, also is the first race this year was, I actually did the Dylan's race, uh, with Daybreak, Daybreak racing at the uh, Gorge waterfall. Oh, nice. It's a 50 K there. So I was with the free trail uh, fam. That's, that's where I met you actually on free trail online a couple of yep. years ago. Right. And, um, anyway, so did that with Tristan, my son, uh, the 50 K that was, that was amazing. And then I did, um, I flew to, um, the UK to do a race with, uh, my good friend, Jason, and I did the Snowdonia 100K. Uh, mm. and, and that was epic. Yeah, <laughs> very, that's, very ne- that's, that's next level stuff, bro. Yes, that's definitely uh, Snowdonia. I was, uh, I was doing the, the race and running with people that did CCC and they're like, dude, it's nothing compared to what you just experienced. And it took me 31 hours to do 100 kilometers, 105 kilometers. Uh, I finished on my knee. <laughs> it's like, it was just like insane. But uh, the, yeah, the mountain never, they never end. You're, you think you have the summit over there and it keeps going, keeps going. Um, you had to do some rock climbing and stuff like that. So it's very, very tough, but beautiful. And then 
six weeks later, I was uh, six or seven weeks later, I was going to do my first hundred miler with my son Tristan, and that's a race called uh, Quebec Mega Trail. And mm -hmm. I would say it's one of the toughest in the in the province of Quebec and on the East Coast, uh, more difficult than than our race in a way uh, because of some of the section. And uh, I made it. I made it to 105 kilometers again. That was my longest distance, and stopped before the last uh, 55 kilometers. And uh, I was I was chasing cutoff. I, I had a blast till then, but I was uh, starting to feel my knee and stuff like that. And I think my brain was. I guess I was not mentally ready to push for the balance. And that's what, that's really what I, I got out from that experience because I, I do take a lot of time to, to see what went well or did not go well. And in that case, took the decision, happy with the decision. Now looking back, I know I could have pushed further, but it was the right decision um, at that time. And it took them, my son, and because we were six, so three of them finished, uh, three of us did not finish. And it took them uh, 14 hours, yeah, 14 hours to do, even more than that, 14, 15 hours to do 50 kilometers after mm. Conditions were crazy a bit with like what we've experienced at grindstone uh, trails being rivers and stuff like that. And they were getting tired and, and all of that. But anyhow, um, so did not finish this one. And once, once I was done and I'm, um, I have the opportunity, the, the great chance to, to have one of my uh, best friend, Ray Zahab, uh, who's a famous ultra runner in Canada and adventurer. And he's done crazy thing around the world. He's also coaching me uh, and helping me putting plans together. And I was talking to him after, uh, after the Quebec trail. I'm like, Ray, I really want to do another uh, hundred miler this, this year. I'm like, I'm, I have the fitness. I know what went wrong and I want to give another shot, a shot at it. And, uh, so I started looking into what was closer and what could give me, uh, because even though Quebec Mega Trail is a great race, you don't get a ticket to go to hard rock and things like that. So I started to look at what race could give me hard rock, uh, lottery entry, Western state and some stones in the, in the case of UTMB. So, I mean, for us on the East coast, grindstone is kind of the closest yep. and uh, beautiful, beautiful race. And uh, yeah, so got me there. I drove, I rented an RV to go there. It was really, um, so I took that adventure, that full adventure as a solo trip. So planning it with Ray was, I've done that. And then I trained so hard to get there. And then after that, getting to the RV, drove 12, 13 hours, spent a couple of days before the race by myself. So in my mind and my, my head getting ready with the stress, the fears and everything. And uh, met, you, uh, met you on the, on the pre-race uh, pre day. And I knew we, we had spoken, I knew you would be there. And I was looking forward to, uh, to see you there and everything. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, we hit the, uh, the start line in beautiful weather, right? It was amazing at that time. It was, it was right before sunrise, sunset and it, yeah, you couldn't ask for a better start. Perfect temperatures to start. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it was, it was about as ideal as you can get. So, yeah, and you took off. So, so like, I didn't, yeah. I mean, we didn't see each other until mile 50 ish. So, you know, I, it, yeah, you were, you were, you were out in the front, man, doing the dang thing. So, or no, no, no actually, no, you, you were, were behind me. You were, 
Yeah, I was in front. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah you yeah, were yeah. in the front. We uh, we saw each other a little bit. On my side, I because I'm not a like I'm a, you're the mid pack, but I'm mid pack back of the pack. I'm more back of the pack type of type of runner. Uh, and so I was going at my rhythm and everything. You were you. I saw you jet. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna see him again. And um, I, I ran the first twenty kilometer a bit faster than I would have normally do. And that's what saved me in the end. Uh, I really gained some time there and I was on the train and the trail was so flowy. It was yep. so beautiful. So I, I push uh, and I went faster and that really helped me uh, going f uh, forward in, into that race. And I, yeah, I guess I saw you, I think I saw you at an aid station uh, around uh, 50 miles. You, you must have slowed down at some point, right? And uh, oh, I think you had some yeah, dude, problem. you. <laughs> So I, I got up with our, with your fellow Canadian, John, and, uh, we, 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 we did like the, that marathon and from mile 47 to mile like 60 to basically it's like mile 40 something, 42 to mile like 60 something, right? It's like a marathon. It took me 12 hours to do that marathon, Jan. Like it was, I just, it, it was a bad, we got into a, we were both in a bad place. Um, and yeah, you just, we were in an aid station and I look back and like, there's Jan. And I'm like, Oh, cool. What's up, man. Let's go. And so we ended up, you know, that's where we got linked up yep. and, uh, yeah, it was good. We got all the way back to that aid station and then, um, you know, gosh, I don't want to take the story forward, but you know, we, we linked up around, you know, for, we ended up running like 15 set 15, 16 miles together. But, you know, before that, was there anything, you know, the rain started, was there anything major that happened with you besides just kind of like being in the day and, and, and kind of getting through the sunrise? And I mean, that's a good, you know, that's pretty much right around the time where we linked up is like a couple hours, you know, four or five hours after the sun came up. So yeah, that's, uh, that's correct. Yeah, going back before I met you, I mean, uh, yeah, the rain was definitely challenging. And it was picking up uh, and started to rain like crazy. I mean, we Dude, we actually ran into a tropical storm. Yeah, right? it was a tropical so, storm. Yeah, <laughs> and I was further down in that loop. I was very, very scared of. I was looking at the trees every time. I was sure something's gonna would, would fall on me. But uh, yeah, I, I, I've been thinking a lot about the race, and it seems like, I mean, I was on. I was. It took me thirty four hours on my side, and um, there's many of these hours that just I can't find anymore. They're their path like i was in that tunnel i was so focused i was finishing this race ray was sure was going to be finishing this race i was ready for it so i would say before i met you i was pushing i was going through i mean there's a few things that i mean you've done that race before it was the first time for me i know they changed a little bit the organization this year but well, the course was, was not completely on, i was disappointed the, on, on two things mainly on my side this after the first climb the aid station had no water. The 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 water was out. Uh, so and they needed people needed to wait. So I actually fill up on coat just in case and ice and put that in my bottle just to make sure yeah. that I had something. Uh, and I heard from other runners that it took them 10, 15 minutes to get the water uh, for runners. So I mean, you just finish a wow. super big climb and you arrive at the first big aid station and uh, no water. That's that's a big thing. And then when when you know I was alone, right? You had your family with you, but uh, yeah. it's, it's another. Uh, it, it was another game on my side. And then I arrived to that big aid station, and all the the um, our drop bags were straight underwater, not not under a tent or anything. So everything was wet in my drop bag. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think just to, just to paint the picture, like this is the 50, the 50 K mark. It's, Oh, it's not Dallas draft. Maybe it is Dallas draft. It's like the big, it's the biggest aid station on the course. You see, you go to it twice. Um, at North river gap. I think it's North river gap. Yes. You, you end up at it twice. Uh, and they had seven easy ups. There's like so many tents. So there was space to, you know, I, I mean, you, there was space for it. I mean, I think I learned a lesson myself personally, like to what you're saying, like earlier in the year I ran, um, hellbender and it rained for a couple hours on course. And they, you know, classic, what you do is you lay a tarp out and then you put all the drop bags on the tarp. And that's usually like, that's a standard protocol for most ultras. And I remember getting into my drop bag and like needing dry socks and realizing like everything was wet. And I was kind of like, I was crabby Troy. I definitely like gave a, I I, like looked at the aid station volunteer and I'm like, y'all couldn't throw a tarp over these drop bags. Like, what's the deal? I was like giving them a little bit of grief. And then I realized like, you know what, like you should have put all your clothes in a ziplock, you know, like everything that you wanted to stay dry should have been in something that was completely waterproof. And that was on me. But, you know, I do agree with you though. Like that aid station had plenty of space to put drop bag, to keep drop bags dry or try to keep drop bags dry. And, um, yeah, yeah it would have been uh, it would have been easy, but anyhow, we can go back there. So that was that was that, and then the second big aid station, they had uh, they had the tent. Um, that's I arrived there before I joined you. Yeah, because yep. we we're going out and that's, coming back to that aid station. Yeah, that's Dow's draft. Yeah, so I was able to uh, I was able to change under the the tent, and but yeah, it was uh, it was quite an experience because there was a lot of runner that had uh, family with them to help them yep. out, um, and we you and I spoke about it, and it it made a huge difference for you to have uh, your son and your wife there, and and I think your father, I'm not sure if yeah, my dad crewed me. He was at every single crew spot and had bottles ready, like we we were doing. I didn't, I'm not a NASCAR pit drive kind of person. I spent like 10 minutes in a chair at every crew stop. Cause I was just like, cool. Like I'm going to get service, right. Service with a smile. So, but yeah, it's, it is a game changer, especially from someone who's done no crew, no pacer, um, hundreds. It's like, y- you have to, you know, you always have to have the, 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 the brain on sharp in order to, to not make really bad decisions, but it's nice when someone can kind of take a little bit of load off of you, man. Every, every, you know, couple hours you get an opportunity every five or six hours, get an opportunity to see your crew. So, yeah. And, uh, and then that's it. We, uh, we met, I saw you and then we stayed a little while, but you, uh, you took off. I mean, you were, you got that, your energy back and that, I guess that hip, I think it was the hip, but I don't know if you were not thinking about it anymore, but I mean, there's no way for me that I could follow you at that point. It was, uh, you just took off. Yeah. Well, you guys, well, you guys actually left. I passed you guys. So you and John stayed together. I ended up in that aid station for like 15, 20 minutes, um, feed my son PB and J's and like just hanging out with my family for a little bit. And then, yeah. And then I, I got, I mean, Troy got his groove back. Like I, I definitely found it, found it. And, um, it was probably the nicest runnable section of the trail where, you know, you kind of wind up a little bit, then you make that hard left onto what the, what was the hundred mile, co- uh, what, what was the hundred K course. And I was just able to run it. And I remember passing you guys and being like, y'all can hop on if you want, but I'm definitely not slowing down. And then I just kind of kept pushing and pushing. And I was honestly surprised that, you know, we finished within an hour of each other. So you guys were still able, I mean, you guys found your groove at some point too, because 
at the at the what I felt like the rate you guys were were walking at and the rate I was running at, I was like, I should have been able to put a couple hours on you guys in the last fifty k, but you guys managed to 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 kind of fi- find your own groove. So, you know, this is something we haven't really talked about. You know, what did that last fifty k look like for you and John? And like, shout outs to John. Like, I yes. spent I spent you know a marathon with him, and you spent oh gosh more than that because you guys basically finished. Did you guys still finish together? Right. Yeah, well, he finished. Uh, I had to stop to pee, and then yeah, when I I arrived, maybe five minutes after him, okay, and he wasn't yeah, there. Yeah. I did, I didn't see him at the finish. I was uh, very it was I was sad for that, but yeah, we we did the and he helped me out. I mean, I did stand behind him, and we were just like walking, hiking as fast as possible. So my problem in 2023, not just in that race, is I have. Uh, foot problem basically uh you you saw my uh, my feet after the race but i have to do something i need to try some other shoes uh socks and combination and, and i did you know i tried it many many things over all these races but my every time i go over i would say 80 kilometer uh i start to have a lot of blisters and it went really bad so in the, in that when you pass me i was starting to feel uh, terrible. So each step we're, we're, uh, hurting mm. a lot. So going up is not a problem. It's the going down. So yeah. it's the same thing. I mean, in the UK, it took me like to do the last nine kilometer, which was just going down it took me hours and hours in, in our race where we were going to that same aid station, the, the first big one that you mentioned. Yep. I mean, we were passing twice at the same location. I think I did that 11 kilometer section in, I don't know, an hour and a half and two hours the first time must have took me like four to five hours uh, the second time. I, it, it's just insane. Yeah. And, and I mean, you were running. So I know you were running in, in the Nordas, in the O1s. And um, have you, did you find, do you find that like when it's really wet conditions is where the blisters come or was, was it wet at Snowdonia or was it pretty dry at Snowdonia? Uh, it's a it's a good uh, it's a good question. Uh, it was wet in Snowdonia. Actually, it was a beautiful day, but we were going through some muddy section and everything. Yeah. So I had and I was able to change my my socks uh, in, in in Snowdonia. But in the I actually opted not to because everything was wet. So I stayed in my zero uh, zero one for uh, one hundred and sixty nine kilometers. Uh, and I had my uh, Nike Ultrafly that I had in one of my drop bag, but I decided not to change into them. Uh, because everything was <laughs> everything was already the hurting from everywhere, and I didn't want to yeah. create more problem. Uh, maybe it would have been better, but I love. I mean, I've been a Norda fan since uh, they came out, and I love their shoe. But I'm personally having issue over a hundred kilometers in them, and I know some people can do super long runs, uh, Cocodona, and they have no issue. So it must be a mix of my own skin. Um, not being strong enough and not having enough, uh, I don't know you say that, but, uh, callous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a mix of that. So, uh, but I've done, um, which one I, I just went uh, to do my expedition in the desert with Ray and I ran in, uh, my Nike and my Nordas and I was okay. But again, it was never longer than 35 kilometers on, on the day. So, so I think it's wet. Yes. And long distance, uh, for me yeah. that, the did did you apply like any of the Vaseline that they had at aid stations or did, were you applying I my like, own on me? Okay. I, yeah. I did that. Um, I, like I said, I, I tried, I tried everything, but, uh, so well, it, yeah. Oh, I was going to say for the audience, like Jan, Jan won. So like we all, we showed up to a brewery the next day to, 
to have some beers and, and tell war stories. And, um, you know, Carlos had some blisters. I had like a couple, like little tiny blisters on the tips of my toes. Like it wasn't a big deal. And then, um, you were wearing sandals and I got a chance to see your feet and I'm like, Whoa, bro. Like, Holy cow. Like the whole side, like all the, almost all the way around. And like, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking because it was just so wet and, I am in a, I'm running a pair of, of Norda 001s right now too. And I'm loving the shoe, like loving the shoe. It's a great and shoe. I could just think that maybe it just doesn't drain as well as, as like other shoes. And maybe that was part of the issue, but, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, 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 I don't want to paint a, a gnarly picture for the audience, but like it was the worst blisters I have ever seen was on my man Jan's, Jan's feet. And I was like, dude, I I'm buying you a bill. First one's on me, brother. Like I, like I just could not, like I, I just could not imagine finishing the race with the way your feet looked, man. They were like it was on every it was, step, like those ugh. sausage. We call them sausage blister on the side. Um, yeah. Every step I was making was sending me a sh- uh, electric shock all over. Ugh. So yeah, but I, I just, I just grind. So basically, yeah. I, I sat behind John, and we just, I guess we were still moving. But really, when we hit the road at the end of the race. God, it was long. It was yeah. taking forever. Those three miles, it. those three miles were long. I hit the road in good shape, and I started clipping off miles. I started looking at my watch, and I'm like, I feel like this is. It's like one of those moments where you're like, this is like seven minute pace. And I look at my watch, and I'm like, ten minute pace. Okay, cool. Like I still have thirty minutes on this road. Like here we yeah. go. And yeah. yeah, man, that was a grind. It was definitely a grind. It lived up to its name. Um, I like the new course more than I like the old course, but. Um, yeah, man, I, I would, that the, the conditions on the day were probably, I've never ran in anything like that before, as far as just the amount of rain, the amount of just constant, 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 constant rain. And I, it, it would let up a little bit. And those moments you talked about, um, with the wind blowing and, and being up on that ridge where we did that lollipop, that was, there were some moments where I was like, this is sketchy. Like it was yeah. just super, super windy. Everything's moving around. And I'm just like, wait, like you said, I'm waiting for something to come down. You know, it's like not if it's when, and luckily I, I never heard, I didn't hear any stories of anyone having to deal with like Same. any crazy tree fall. Um, I was, but, I was, I was hoping they were not going to stop the race. It was yeah. for me. I, I, of course we were tired, but it was very scary. So I, they could have, I mean, we've seen some condition in some other races where they decided to stop the race. I was like, Oh no don't stop the race. I'm, <laughs> I want to finish this race. And, uh, finally we were okay. But, uh, you know, I drove because after that beer that we got, I, I hit the road and I drove another, well, it took me 20 hours to do 12 hours, but I continued driving in that freaking uh, tropical storm. And it was just like, go away. <laughs> yeah. That's the only, so the solo movie going is great. And then you're just not real. It's like one of those things where you're not realizing, like, depending on how bad it gets for you. Like, I mean, I had it easy, man. I had my whole family. They took care of me. My dad, I, my wife drove us home. Like I was just like, actually I was good enough to drive, but you know, but we, we stayed another day. Like I, I literally just slept and you were just like, yeah, we're just going to get up and do and, and do yeah, it. So. I, went, I went in section, but still I pushed for the, for, for the last section. But when I hit New Jersey at some point, I said, I had to stop. I, I pull up the van and I just slept for a couple of hours, but you should have seen talking about the feet. You should have seen, uh, when I stopped for, for gas and actually get a sandwich uh, breakfast at McDonald. And I walked with my flip flop with my, huge feet with the blisters and everything and like 
they were looking at me like, what have you done? You like all in shape, but huge feet and yeah. <laughs> blisters like, what happened? It's like, oh yeah, a hundred mile will do that. A <laughs> hundred mile of running will do that to you or to your feet. So, uh, but anyway, I'm, uh, I was telling you before we, um, we had record that uh, obviously I'm very busy and I'm, I'm not up to date on my, uh, because I'm using Instagram as my personal journal. That's how I, I, sure. I on the journey, I put all my, my journey there. And so I'm, a, I'm actually doing the race report of our race. Uh, <laughs> so the second section is going to go up uh, tomorrow and I'm going to post some nice video of my feet. So if, if you want to see it, go and go and see it there. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, warning, everyone's getting a warning now. Like it's, it's about <laughs> as bad as I've ever seen. So one other thing, if you are not a Free Trail Pro member, you are missing out. I love the Free Trail community and have been a member from the beginning. We all love trail culture. I would guess that you love trail races because the community around this amazing sport is second to none. Well, that's how I feel about the Free Trail community. With the Free Trail Pro subscription, you can bring the trail running community you love everywhere you go. You get access to the Free Trail Slack community, training plans, weekly office hours that feature special guests, exclusive member-only content, early access to merch drops, and so much more. From training and gear questions to getting inspiration from the epic adventures and races that members are doing, the Free Trail community is the place to be. Start your free trial today at freetrail.com. After that, it's only $96 a year for membership. If you are a fan of what Free Trail is doing for our sport, that is a small price to pay to support some of the best written, visual, and audio content in trail and ultra running. I hope to see you in the Free Trail Slack community, and when you introduce yourself, mention the Midpacker Pod. We were messaging on on Instagram before, and you're like, "Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do it." And I'm like, "Oh man, you should do it." But you ended up doing this uh, the the desert run that you did, this little stage run that you did. Like, talk about that because I thought that was just an epic, epic, epic looking experience. And I'm glad that you were able to kind of pull it together. Obviously, like you, your feet have to be healthy. You got to feel good. Hundred mile, you know, hundred milers can really like do it to you from a like a physical and a mo- and a mental standpoint. It can it sometimes can take you know not just a week or two to recover physically, but like weeks afterwards to just have the motivation to want to go do something. So. Um, you know, talk about that trip, who, who put it on, um, how'd you, you know, how, how did the opportunity come to you? And, and then ultimately, um, you know, the nuts and bolts of the trip and how it went for you. Yeah, I was supposed to do it last year and, um, I had to push last year. I had a meniscus tear on my, in my knee and I basically, my season was off for, uh, that happened in the winter, but it took me like until the fall to get back on my feet. So sure. I had to postpone this, uh, this trip, uh, same thing with Gorge Waterfall that I, pushed by a year as well so uh so the to answer your question this uh, expedition is organized by capic one expedition and it's uh ray ray zahab that uh, owns a company with uh, with bob and they do this uh, all over the world and they bring groups um of runner to experience uh some of the toughest desert or they go into Baffin Island. So they have the winter expedition and the, uh, the summer type of expedition. Um, and yeah, for me, it was a, a way to get out of my comfort, comfort zone. Um, not just by the running and wondering how am I going to run in the, in the sand and in the dunes and everything, but also just to be in my, you know, in the, the tent and, 
and so on and so forth. So basically, it was a six-day, five-night expedition in the Atacama Desert in Chile. And uh, we ran about 125 to 30 kilometers uh, total. So anywhere between 10 to 30, 30, 35 kilometers per day. Um, but the goal of the expedition is really for, for Ray and the team to teach us how to navigate and find ourselves, you know, through, um, through Gaia map and, and things like that. So there's an education portion. And obviously, uh, you spend a lot of time running with people that you don't know. We were a small group. We were six plus three people from the, uh, three person from the expedition. Uh, that ran together and super well organized. Uh, so we arrive and at some point you arrive on the top of a dune and there's Bob in, the, in, the, in a Jeep there waiting for us with sandwiches and everything just mid, mid the, midday. Uh, and then you arrive to the village, everything is there. So you have a main tent and then everybody has his own individual tent um, and doing it fires and that night and everything. And obviously it's a beautiful place to go see the stars. Uh, in Chile, it was just uh, stunning. So I, my only regret is I hope I, 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 I would have hoped to stay longer to experience the, the country. I mean, it's very far, right? Uh, it took me like, I don't know, 15 hours to get there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, amazing experience, but what's even more beautiful than this is that Ray organized, uh, he does these expedition and he has his coffee, uh, coffee company as well, sells coffee to, uh, get funding to organize expedition like this for, uh, kids between 16 and 21, uh, all expense paid and it's called impossible to possible. So they basically bring kids in the same kind of location. So they had, uh, he was staying there for an extra week. He had three, uh, three students coming and they uh, experience similar things than us. They learn about that, but they also share live uh, every day uh, with tons of students in different school um, around the world and everything. So uh, there's a big education portion to this. Very cool. The beauty of it is obviously it's free of charge for these, uh, these kids. And uh, so when we pay for our expedition, there's a portion that gets there. Nor does that we talked about every shoes. Uh, if you buy the Reza Habsu shoes, um, there's a portion of that that gets towards the expedition and so on and so forth. So uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a perfect way for me to, uh, to end an amazing season and to spend time with, uh, with my, my buddy Ray uh, and it was just like crazy, super fun. No, that's awesome. And what's the, what is the name of the coffee company? Do you know? Ray's it's coffee company? Capic, Capic one. It's Capic one coffee. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just yes. got to make sure I, I'm going to link to it in the, in the, in the show notes for everybody as well. So, um, if anyone wants to, if anyone wants to pick up some coffee, support the cause, um, they can find a link in the show notes. That's like, I mean, that's, that's amazing. And, uh, I mean, I saw the, the content that you guys produced and the stuff that you were putting on your stories and on, and, and I was just like, okay, this is epic. And this is amazing. How long, how many days were you guys out there doing the expeditions? Six days, uh, six days, five night. And, uh, Ray brought us and one of the route brought us to the second largest sand dune on the planet. And it was, uh, it was, I mean, it's taller than my, uh, my ski hill here. And we, we hike up and then we were running down and we had, uh, Aoi, Aoi Stern was there with us as well, taking pictures. And, um, 
Yeah, that was that was stunning. There's a ton of pictures that are going to be coming out, and my recap hopefully will come before the end of the year. <laughs> but I, well, yeah, exactly. well, maybe uh, this conversation can be a motivation for you because that way people can come when they when they listen to it. This will be this will probably come out in like two weeks. So it give okay. I, time's ticking, man. You got two weeks yep. to get out your uh, your Capic One expedition uh, content, so that way the the, the the viewers, the listeners can uh, can go and check it out. So I'll do it for sure. Yeah, man. Um, well, that's cool. And I'm like, I'm like. I've had a couple conversations, um, you know, just had a conversation with Sarah Lavender Smith and she talked about, um, doing some of these like multi-day stage races where you carry everything. It's like a race. And you know, that's something that's very intriguing to me coming from an ultralight backpacking background, you know, the idea of like, okay, so I know what it takes from a calorie standpoint. Like I can apply that to like the effort from an ultra marathon standpoint, like doing these long days, but man, there's something very intriguing about doing it expedition style where like you, all you have to do is carry like the water and some snacks for a day and you show up and like, there's a tent right wait, everything's waiting for you and someone's cooking you a meal. And it's just like the, a little bit of, uh, oh gosh, what's the, it's, it's a little bit more, it's like, it's not glamping, but it's the glamping version of that style, right? Where, where it's a little bit more, you're not so self-supported and, uh, that's definitely a, a that would be a fun way to 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 kind of wrap a vacation into it's a perfect uh, perfect introduction into uh, the multi uh, multi day uh, elements and uh, for sure for me it opened my mind I, I'm going to do a other expedition with, with him and the group but uh, it opened my mind into actually looking into multi day race and and going to longer I've, I've been my next goal is to go a bit longer uh, obviously we all want to go longer but I, I feel like I, I feel I can do it and I feel comfortable because I'm not trying you know in my races I'm not trying to be in the fastest I, I go at my own pace I enjoy the hiking and the power hiking and all that stuff so yeah, I would say that uh, it was a good preparation for uh, what's ahead for me, which I'm still planning. I don't have a, a full-on plan for 2024 yet and, and 2025, but uh, lo- going longer will uh, definitely be part of it. So, I mean, let's talk a little bit about what, what the future holds in 2024. Obviously, you're still kind of planning it, but I mean, is it like, are you trying to do a 200? Um, what's what's the, do you have anything like any goalposts set for you? Like myself, I'm, I'm like swearing off hundreds for, for 2024 and I'm not going longer. So I'm like coming back to the 50 K distance. I'm coming back to doing some of the, the shorter stuff and I'm going to run to 70 miler to get my, um, my Western States qualifier. But, uh, you know, what, 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 what's got, what's got your ears kind of pricked or, you know, what, what, what are you trying in a perfect world? What, what does this, the summer look like for you? Well, I, it's going to be a smaller, uh, smaller quantity of race. I did five big thing this year, and uh, with my schedule, it's a lot. Uh, so I think I'm yeah. going to focus maybe about two or three. Uh, and uh, I doing grindstone. I wanted obviously to get my first ticket for Hard Rock and Western State, which I didn't get picked. But you never know. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people that yeah. get picked with one ticket. So I did put my name into the lottery. Did not get picked. Um, and, um, but happy, I, I mean, I met Howie, uh, in the expedition and he, you know, he's done like this guy did the hard rock like 10 times. So yeah, uh, he's like, if, uh, if you get in or when you get in, just give me a call and I'll, uh, 
I'll, I'll, I'll lay the land for you and stuff. So I, at least I have a contact there, but yeah, uh, that's, I mean, really quickly, like how he is, he's a ledge, like everyone knows him for, he's the picture guy, right? He takes amazing yeah. content. He always has, uh, he's always at the right races taking beautiful pictures, but like his ultras, I mean, he's, he's done it all. He's a legend of, of the game and, you know, he's been through a lot too as a person and as an individual, but um, that's really cool. You got to meet him. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm like, I follow him on IG because it's like the content, the pictures that he, he's a, he's an amazing photographer. And if you're not following him, you're just missing out on some of the, some of the coolest moments in our sport. Yeah, he, he's always there to capture them. So he's a great guy. And uh, yeah, very, very lucky to uh, spend the time with, uh, with him and all the other people in the group. It was just uh, insane. So anyway, put my, uh, put my name in the hard rock, the nugget pick, same thing with Western State. So I did the same thing with UTMB. Uh, so I have, uh, I have a bunch of stone that I got from Snowdonia and grindstone. Yep. Um, so, uh, with my friend, How many Jason, stones do you have? I have 10 at the moment and, um, but I'm, we, we register as a group. So Jason you got a pretty six, good so shot. We're gonna, That's a- we're gonna be on. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's, uh, there's a, when you register as a group, you need to go with the, the lower number of stones. So we're going to have six stone, uh, in the hat. Uh, but if he, if he, if he okay. gets big, I get big yeah. or vice versa. Right. So, uh, so we'll see, but that's, and we'll know soon. I mean, we'll know in a month, I guess. Uh, so that could define and will define what would happen. And if that's the case, I will try to, uh, to go and spend some time in, in Europe and work from there so I can acclimate to the, yeah the mountain and train and i have the ability to be able to work remotely uh so i would definitely put that you know it's one of my biggest goals to go do that race so i definitely spend the time uh the proper time to to get ready um so that's that and if that doesn't happen then yes i'm starting to look into the 200 miler uh we have a few that we're looking at and uh I'm definitely going to do Cocodona at some point in my life. That's that's uh, up there on my list. Uh, will it be 2024 or 2025? That's still to uh, that remains to be seen in the moment. Okay, so you're not sure what 200? I mean, you need to you kind of need to make a decision soon because yes. they the ones that the least the ones that are well known they definitely all sell out. Um, is is tour on 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 the you know, is tour on the horizon for you? I mean, maybe not the first 200, but is it something that, that interests you? Cause I am, I'm like infatuated with, with it. Like I, I want to run Western States. I really want to run hard rock. Um, but like, honestly, like I think I, I think my chances of getting into tour is probably, I'll probably run tour before I run tour de Jaunts. I'll run that. I'll probably run tour before I end up running Western States or hard rock based on just, how many tickets I'm going to have and, and how long, you know, I think it's still a, probably a five year journey for Western States and another nine year journey for, for hard rock. So, you know, anyway, that's like me asking, asking for a friend, you ever thinking about running a uh, running tour? What's up? Well, if you go, let me know. I would definitely go with you. It's, it, it's <laughs> up there on my list as well. Um, but, uh, it's not yet like I would do Cocodona before I would go do a tour de Okay. Yeah. For, for now yeah. i guess i'm i like i have something I've, I've never ran in arizona that's something that i would love i would love to to go and experience uh but yeah obviously tal de Géant is uh is something right so uh yeah that'd be awesome yeah. 
you know, especially in the desert, it's amazing. I've spent, I'm, I haven't ran any races officially in the desert, but I've spent a lot of time in Arizona and I've spent a lot of time on some of the trail systems outside of Tucson and ran a little bit in Flagstaff. And it's just, it's, yeah, you'll really, especially, you know, little, the boy from the boy from Quebec will really appreciate, uh, what the desert has to offer. Cause it's like completely different than anything you've ever ran in before. And obviously yeah, you've ran sure. in the desert so, the, the and Anaconda and a con is amazing, but, the yeah, the American Southwest is just like, it's a whole nother animal. So. Yeah, no, it looks, uh, it looks beautiful. So it's definitely, uh, it's definitely up there on the list. And, um, yeah, so we'll, uh, I'm, I'm, you know what, I'm, it's going to be what it's going to be. And I understand, yeah, they all, they all fill up fast and everything, but the last month, a month and a half, my head is not there. Like stressing about finding that race. Obviously I'm put my name in the lottery to try. I'm, I'm actually going to drop my name in the Vermont 100 as well. Obviously it's a, it's a very tough lottery, but that that's closer. So I'm looking, you know, expanding the closer circle. I love the race in Quebec, but I also love to get, get out of Quebec and experience new thing. And, uh, I would have, uh, definitely do the race from Gary if it would have been his race in Whistler, but now that's a, that's another story. I don't want to open that kind of warm right now, but, uh, Whistler was very high on my list. Uh, it's a, it's a location that I love going to ski and I go there with my, my family to go skiing and everything and was there, you know, I think it's an amazing race that he was putting. So we'll see about that and the race that he's thinking to, to do as well. So, uh, we'll wait to see what comes out on that front. Yeah. And supposedly, you know, uh, January 15th is when he's supposed to announce whether or not he's going to be able to put together a race for 2024. Um, so, you know, fingers crossed, like I, I want the best for, I definitely want the best for Gary and I'm, I'm excited. I hope, uh, you know, I hope he can put something together cause I would love to see how, um, just the ultra running community rallies around this event for him and kind of using, using it as kind of a, a sounding board to, to kind of try to manage some of the, um, uh, let's say expectations that we have with certain entities and, and how they need to operate mm -hmm. within our space. So, you know, we can, we can leave the, com we can kind of leave the conversation there, but man, if you, if you do, if you do end up getting in to do uh, Gary's race, we'll have to have you come back and, and do a, a recap of, um, of that experience. Cause I'm excited to, you know, as on your end as someone who's ran, you know, two different UTMB events, um, to get to go do something like what, what Gary puts on with, um, with his organization and, and to just juxtapose that, you know, like the difference yep. between running a well-run, well-organized, but like very much local feel grassroots feel event. And then, you know, the UTMB events are great. They, they know what they're doing from a, from a, an event standpoint. Um, but it's just a completely different animal, um, as someone who's done uh, both. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, and you yeah. must've felt uh, it, you know, between your two grindstone experience, you've, you've experienced it firsthand. I mean, you had something that was there forever and then it was completely different and very commercial as far as the, the village of that race at grindstone. Oh, 100%. I mean, it was, the village was cool. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like next level, you know, as far as what UTMB put together, but it was definitely missing. The vibe was completely different. And I love as someone who like, came up running like California ultras and like some of the bigger races, but some of the, like a lot of just the smaller, like backyard races or not backyard races, but smaller event or races. And, you know, even canyons, like I ran canyons before UTMB came in when it was an Epic endurance event. I know Chaz really well. 
Um, he puts, he's put on amazing events. I've done some events that he's done. Like he did a one year, they did a 55 K and it was like the coolest little event. I showed up the night before he had his trailer out. He's like cooking meat and, and making burritos for the next day. And they were commenting. I was talking with him, his wife. He's like, dude, you guys showed up to like dirt bag my race. I was like, yeah, man, I'm sleeping in the parking lot. I ain't got nothing better to do. And he's just like, Oh, that's so cool. And now it's like, you know, obviously like canyons has gotten huge. Um, and I ran that race when, when it was just a, a, an epic endurance event and it was an amazing event. And my local run group used to man an aid station there. And it's just like, you know, it, things change and, and, and I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm totally okay with these race directors, you know, Chaz, um, looking for a Carl, uh, with speed go, like looking for an exit if they're trying to go do something else. Right. And mm-hmm. like, yeah. Good on them because I'm an entrepreneur. I know what it means to build something that has value and to be able to find someone that that sees the value that you have and wants to write you a check for it. Like that's a great feeling and there's nothing wrong with it. I just, you know, like I don't want to belabor our conversation about it, but I have a, I, I have certain beliefs on how entities need to operate within our sport. And that's my own personal belief. And, um, I, I really would like to see Ironman kind of pull back a little bit and, and, and I'm interested to see what 2024 brings. So, yeah, I agree with you. And, uh, it would have been, uh, you know, that's what I do in life, bring people together and business, like I said, on the business dev side, and it would have been very, very easy to bring these two worlds together and create something amazing in Whistler. If everybody yeah. would have been able to take a little step back and, and look at a broader picture and not only yeah. just on their, on one end, their pocket and the other one, I mean, he was not, he was not, uh, I don't have all the details, but it's not really involved in the discussion, but anyhow, in my opinion, it would have been easy to, uh, to fix. I still, I still think it could have been fixed after the fact. Now I think time is running out on that, unfortunately. Yeah, no, 100%. Well, listen, I know um, we don't necessarily have a hard stop, but I know you got some place to be here in a little bit. So um, let's round out the conversation. Is there anything else actually you wanted to talk, you wanted to bring up or talk uh, with, uh, with me and, 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 and to the audience about before we do some rapid fire questions and, and round out the conversation, Jan? Well, on my side, I think it's, uh, it's what's, what I'm experiencing with this, as I've, I've been talking to you for the last hour or so is, uh, you know, setting those big, scary goals, uh, and getting out of that comfort zone uh, is something that I I try I strive for I try for strive for, and yep. it's uh, it's it's very important. And I I became once I was able to move again and took that first step, uh, it changed me. And being consistent uh, is also super important. So for me, I would say that uh, I, I would encourage everybody to take that step and, and be consistent every day and, and don't be scared to, to dream big. Yeah, man. Well said. And I, I echo the dream big, but also the it's, I say it all the time, consistency over time equals success. It's Absolutely. you're not, and you know, this from a, from the, from even from your vocational side, from the biz dev side, like you're not building relationships overnight, man. It's a slow and steady process of, of earning trust with the opposite side, showing value, and then ultimately um, reaping the rewards together. And it's the same thing with, with your training. It's the same thing with your life. You know, like you, you're not just going to wake up one day and, and be successful. Your success and whatever goals you set uh, have to come from, from a consistent, deliberate practice. So, yeah. yeah man. And, and for you, Troy, I mean, 
stay consistent, stay in shape because you've got uh, a junior that's going to be coming up and will, I can tell you there's nothing more fun than running with your son uh, or uh, sons in my yeah. case. And uh, I mean, I'm just thinking again of uh, Gorge Waterfall and uh, being there with Dylan and Harmony and they had the, um, the, yeah, I saw their son for the first time there uh, actually. Yeah. And, um, and he was looking at my, my big boy, because Tristan is like super big, super like hockey player type of guy. And he finished the race and he's like running super fast. He's like, who's that big boy? Oh, he says, it's Yannick's, Yannick's son. Oh my God. <laughs> and just the connection of, of father, son is, uh, I mean, like I said, stay in shape because it's totally worth it. It's uh, it's something for you to look for and you don't have to wait until they're 20 to do it. You know, they can yeah. run with you uh, when they're a bit older. Yeah, no, agreed, man. And I'm, I just keep telling myself, I definitely need to stay in shape because I'm, I'm, he's going to graduate from high school and I'm going to be 60. So, you know, I need to, I need to, I need to age well. I need to be like a nice, nice, fine wine here. I need to, I need to stay in shape and be consistent and, and all those things, man. So like definitely heard and, and resonates with me. So as yeah. someone like coming from you, it's, it, it, it's even more special. Someone that's got three boys and now you're having those experiences with them. I think that's, that's amazing. So, yeah. And we still have time. I mean, we're, uh, you still have, you have a decade on me, but, uh, when I was, uh, to wrap this up, I mean, when I was in the expedition, there was two guys that were there with us. There were 60, 62 actually. And it showed me a bit like you and me right now. Right. It's the same thing. Yeah. Like I'm 52, but I, Oh, I know I have an, at least another good decade in front of me. If, uh, knock on wood, everything goes fine, but, and I take care of my body and, and my mind and everything. But, um, it was nice to see it. It was opening for me to see, uh, to see them move and enjoying it as much as I do at 52 or you do at 43 or my son yeah. does at 24. Yeah. And my dad, my dad's like 63, 64, and he still runs like 30 miles a week and bikes 2000 miles a year. And, Amazing. you know, he's still, he's still doing it. So I've got a good, I at least have some gene. I know I have some decent genes on my side on that, on that tip. And yeah, man, we'll see. Like you said, it's, it's definitely about being and staying consistent, um, and, and not letting the rust build. So, um, well, yeah, let's, I, we didn't talk about any of these rapid fire questions, but if you've listened to any of the pods in the past, you'll, you'll know what's coming. So, um, the first question uh, that I usually ask is uh, born to run or ultra marathon, man. Born to run. Okay. Yeah. That's what's up. Add, add, add you to the list. You're, you're in the, you're, you're in, you're in good company. Cause that's like the vast majority of my 20 of the 27 guests I've had on the pod. Uh, that's the vast majority of, of them. So um, favorite distance to race. Favorite distance to race. Yeah. Distance to race. Yep. Um, the hundred miler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's go deep, go big or go home. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how to race a hundred miler. I, I know how to finish one. Well, I know how to finish one, but I haven't quite been able to link up like only having like 45 minutes of this sucks, you know, like only having like, I, I usually have these like seven or eight hour sessions of being in a really low patch and I got to figure out mm -hmm. how to get, I got to figure out how to get out of those. So, you know, well, I mean, I think about it. I did the equivalent of 300K this year, and one of them was turned out to be 169 with, with the first 100 miler. But I did spend a lot of time on my feet, and that, yeah, I think I enjoy that. And uh, the, the back and forth and going into the pain cave and going through all the emotion and singing and crying and all of that. So uh, I guess it's something on my side that 
I want and need in the moment. So yeah, hundred miler for sure. Yeah, that's what's up. I want to say before we go to the last rapid fire question, man, you Canadians showed up hard at grindstone this year i ran between john i ran with this other this other woman early like i ran with and and then yourself but i like i ran with like a half a dozen canadians on that course i like i feel like every single time i introduced myself to someone they ended up being from canada so you guys all came down to 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 rock grindstone it's the closest one for us uh to get uh you know utmb stones and everything so uh yeah yeah, no, that's what's up. And then the last question is, when you finally can eat real food, what is your favorite meal to have post um hard effort post race, you know, post favorite post race meal? Not I don't you know, no protein snacks and snicker bars kind of thing here, okay? Yeah, well, being from uh, Quebec, it's uh, going to be a poutine. So, in, poutine enlighten is, uh, me. Poutine is um a plate with fries uh squeaky cheese and uh, gravy gravy sauce on it so it's okay full loaded uh fries cheese and sauce and it's just awesome yeah no so i think i've had one of these in vegas because not vegas excuse me uh new orleans new orleans is known for for doing a pretty good poutine as well so yeah okay not a bad choice. Fries are amazing and gravy. I mean, <laughs> gravy makes everything better. So yeah, no, love that. Um, when you come over at some point, I'll have you, uh, I'll bring you to uh, some nice trail and uh, a nice poutine after. Uh, yes, please. Yes, please. Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'll send in my, my rain check right now. So, um, Jan, man, this has been amazing. I, I'm so glad, uh, obviously to have met you, to have found friendship with you, and then I'll ultimately to bring you in and have you on the pod. Um, you know, where can, if people want to reach out to you, um, if they want to learn more about, um, the Capic one expeditions or, or just talk to you in general, um, you know, what are, is there, are, are there good socials to, to, to drive people to? Yeah, like I said, it's uh, it's mainly Instagram on my side. It's my personal journal, but I try to share as much of the ups and downs that I go through. And, uh, you know, what you see is what you get. It's, I'm very transparent there. Uh, so that's uh, trail.yan um, on Instagram. And uh, for Capic One, I mean, uh, they have a Capic One expedition and Capic One coffee Instagram um, handles as well. And... Their coffee is amazing and I encourage everybody. It's very easy to get it online and it's for a good cause. And we're helping a lot of people uh, by buying their coffee or participating in their expedition. And I mean, I've talked about their expedition, but it's it's out there. It's I mean, there's nothing like this. And it's a great, great, great entrance into uh, the expedition world. And it's five star as types of organization i felt safe all the time being there so i really really encourage anybody that wants to get out of that comfort zone to try something new to to try with the ray and the capic one crew awesome yeah and i'll make sure we link to all of this in the show notes and and we'll have all these instagram handles uh, highlighted as well so um yeah man jan i appreciate your time brother i'll let you get to uh to to um your next obligation so well thank you for having me and it was a Honestly, it was one of the best feeling that I had ever actually is when I saw you on that race, because I, I was never sure I was sure I was never going to see you again. First of all, to see you before the race. But when sure. I caught up to you, I was like, oh, I, I'm doing pretty good until I learned that you were injured and you're not moving that fast. But <laughs> all in all, it was super fun to see you in the trail. And I can't wait to, uh, to see you again. Thank you so much for uh, having me today and looking oh, forward man, to you're very welcome. Yeah.
Ciao. Ciao. All right. Well, if you're still here, thanks for sticking around to the end. Uh, a few things and a couple call to actions. If you could uh, do any of these things, it would be a big help for us. So first, follow us on Instagram at the Midpacker Pod. And if you if you like this episode, do me a favor, take a screenshot of this episode from your podcast feed on your podcast player and upload it to your stories on Instagram, tag the Midpacker Pod, leave a comment on the post about how amazing you think the pod is. We'll share it on our IG. It'll really help to spread the word about the podcast and grow our audience and It'd be really appreciated if you, if you value the content, you know, you can help us out that way. Uh, if you like the show and you haven't already, please consider giving us a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening on. It really does help uh, increase our searchability on the algorithm. It puts us in front of uh, other people that like trail and ultra running. And so, um, you know, these are two things that you can do to, to really help spread the word about the pod. You know, if you value the content, um, I definitely value each and every one of you that listen every single week. Uh, and, and yeah, I am just super, super grateful. Um, also if you're interested in supporting any of our sponsors, you can find links and codes in the show notes. I'm super stoked to bring this content to you all every single week. And, and uh, as always, thank you for your support and we'll see you next time on the Midpacker pod.